We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Sarah, Ravens wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. recently sat down for an appearance on Marlon Humphrey's Punchline podcast, which, of course, made for an entertaining conversation, but also it was one that was pretty revealing, too. Yeah, I loved it. OBJ shared details of the power play that Eric DaCosta and the Ravens front office used to steer him away from the New York Jets last April, and Marlon's reaction to it all was priceless. I'm Bobby Trossett alongside my co-host, Sarah Ellison. It is Monday, January 15th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault, presented by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan, Van and Bus, LLC. You can visit RideThoroughbred.com and follow them on Instagram at RideThoroughbred. John Harbaugh's staff, (laughs) they were highly sought after throughout the bye And, of course, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, he led the way. He racked up six interview requests. Bobby, there's only eight coaching jobs available. He's got six interview requests, and he wasn't alone along the way. Plus, Joe Flacco and the Browns got it handed to him by rookie sensation C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans over the weekend. We're going to catch you up to speed on that, along with the boatload of content that came from that game. Yeah, so we got all that and, of course, more. So thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. Uh, Bobby, so (laughs) we're looking forward to the full debut, which will happen at 9 a.m. on Monday. This comes out 5 a.m. on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this, maybe you'll see the whole episode. But OBJ was the, this week's guest over on uh, Marlon Humphrey's Punchline podcast. And uh, the the podcast put out on Twitter a couple of teasers, a couple of teasers. And um, Marlon Humphrey had asked OBJ to give some information, some details on how they were able to sign him. Okay. Now, OBJ has talked about this before. He's talked about it in front of the media and there's definitely some overlap, but when you're just talking to one of your teammates, right, you tend to like, uh, give some more information that wasn't there before. And, uh, he talks about how the Ravens had to play hardball at one point, right? We know that the, the, um, the negotiations had been going on 
for months because remember the Ravens had checked in on him prior to the, like still during the 2022 season while he was working. They also met at the owners meetings. We know that Eric DeCosta had been going back and forth. We know that Steve Bashotti got in on it. And so it was like, what was finally the, the last straw that made OBJ finally make his decision? Here we go. I think in my heart, like I was set to go back to New York and be a jet. Really? Long story short, like, I remember getting a call over the weekend. They were like, hey, this is the Ravens, right? This is our offer. What is it going to take for you to not take that visit? Ooh, that came like that. They like said, that. If, you, if you do get on that plane, like, just know that the offer is off the table. Ooh. And I was like, can you give me 20 hours to, like, talk to my people? Because I'm in a different time zone. This is late. I like how the Ravens talk business. I liked it, too. You know when God wants you to walk through the door that he has for you, not the door that your heart desires. Ooh, if you're going to preach, preach then, my, nah. Come on, now. Nah. My heart desired to be in New York again. Oh, crap. To be, hold on. Route. Let me tell you. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Sorry, to, I'm go ahead, my bad, my bad, my bad. to be in New York again, to be able to, you know, whether there's marketing money, you know, mm. the Jets, and it's kind of like, you know, I even had the number picked out. I'm DMing the punter or whoever it was at the time, like, hey, let me buy that off you. Like, you know, like I'm I'm set in stone, like this is where I'm going. And they just kind of slow played the offer or felt disrespect. Like they just kind of thought that they had it in the bag, that they were the best team and that it would be a privilege for me to be over there. I, I think it's that quote, like, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated. Mm-hmm. Bobby, you know what's crazy? Do you remember when you and I were going back and forth for so long about whether the Ravens should pursue him and I was wanting the Ravens to pursue him and you were like, no, no, I think he's set for a big market. Like, this is OBJ. He wa-. he literally just said that. Like, that's where he yeah. was going. Yeah. So, like, you weren't totally off about that. From a lifestyle standpoint is what I was preaching, yeah. right? I was thinking, like, that's what he wants, you know? That's what he's, he wants to return to what he once had, you know, as a New York giant. But, um. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting observation there. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had kind of forgotten that I was sort of banging down the doors for that. But uh, by the way, Jack Settleman was scheduled to come on with us on Thursday night for our inaugural right. live stream. And uh, very politely, and Jack's a great guy, obviously building something with Marlon. So, you know, we, we thank him for that and looking forward to, to watching and listening to that that full episode coming out, depending on when you're listening to this to today or or um, coming up later this morning, but um, he he was he was supposed to come out with us, but then he hit me up the night before. He's like, "Dude, OBJ just got back to us. We're taping this. I'm coming down from New York right now because Jack yeah. lives up in in New York City, and so he trains down to do this with Marlon. I'm not sure if you knew that. He's a hustler, and uh, and I was like, "Dude, you, don't worry about it. You know, like obviously you got to do this. this. is a pretty big, pretty big grab. I mean, I I don't matter of fact. I don't think outside of obligations for." team media i don't think obj's done anything since he got here so it's a great get for for him um maybe some yeah. national stuff that he's done but but outside you know from a local standpoint i don't think he has so anyway um you know shout out jack settlement but but marlon can't help himself kenny he, he's like oh, obj's trying to preach right and marlon is like wait wait he's like reacting to every single thing he says so jack's yeah. got a tough role he's got to keep marlon in check but yeah. also make sure he's being the interviewer as well and he did a pretty good job there because yeah obj uh, we also got to focus on the power play part of this from yes. Eric DaCosta and the Ravens front office. They were determined to get this guy in their building. And ultimately, he did what was what was needed to lure him away from New York. Uh, credit to him. That's, that's big time. 
Yeah, let's remember this all went down on Easter Sunday. Remember, yeah. like, and that's when he was supposed to leave. And you're, you're right. It was funny. At one point, Humphrey's like, "Oh, sorry, go ahead. Like, let him get the story out." You know. But I did love his reaction because I love speaking to the power play part. Like they, it's not like it was like I hate it. I hate empty threats. Empty threats are manipulative, right? I don't know that you can like talk with somebody for a day and be like. You got this or we're out. Don't you dare get out. You know what I mean? It can come across as a, as a threat. But it was kind of like they had been they had been negotiating for so long. And he kind of alluded to it there where he said, you want to go where you're wanted, not where you're tolerated. And so for you to be able to pull off that certain power play for Marlon Humphrey and OBJ to say, oh, I like the, the way the Ravens talk business. It, like if they had said that after like a day or two of negotiating, then maybe you wouldn't like it as much, but they had let it be known for months. OBJ, we want you. We want you. We want you. And he recognized that he got to the point where Steve Bashotti, remember Steve Bashotti got in and on it and he almost, almost never rarely to never gets in on it. Yeah. So they let OBJ know how much they loved him. Now, what I didn't know is that he's like reaching out to the jets punter being like, hey, can I get your number? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't know he was that far down. So it seems like the Ravens did everything right in order to get that done. And we all know how much that helps with getting Lamar. The other thing I'll say, and of course, that's the power play part, getting to the faith part where he was like, my where he was like, my heart was set on New York, but God had other plans. I won't get too deep into it, Bobby, but I remember when I graduated from college, my heart, I had like I wouldn't say he was my boyfriend, but a guy I was definitely dating was living in New York and I was graduating and single. I was like, I'd love to live in New York. And I was ready to go out, said a prayer, felt sick about it. And a week <laughs> later, I saw this internship with the Baltimore Ravens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I go out there, I meet my husband, all four of my kids are born there. And now here I am at 44, still covering the Ravens. So to his point, sometimes there's greater things in store for you that you aren't even able to dream of because you haven't thought that big yet or you're just you know oblivious to it so so i love the whole that whole clip so many so many different layers to it i love that my, my equivalent to that is march 23rd 2022 when i was shown the door by ravens radio ah. i'm thinking to myself right I'm, I'm in my late 20s i've spent the last four uh, four years or so of my career building in baltimore um, I, I do have aspirations for national sports casting and things of that nature, but why don't I? Why would I pivot away and go go to a market and essentially start over from an audience standpoint on social media? What my expertise has become, you know, what what I what I know like the back of my hand. Why would I do that? You know, and it's okay. So instead of taking an offer from the other radio station in town, I'm going to go do this. And then yeah. I call you like, like 48 hours later, Yeah, it took, it took some prayer. It took, it took a lot of family support. You know, it took a lot of reflecting. Yeah. So yeah, I, you, you, you know, we can both relate to yeah, that. <laughs> we can. And moral of the story, we're happy that all three of us ended up in Baltimore. No question. Yeah. No question. Shall we get to the postseason opponent scenarios for divisional round weekend before we get to the coaching carousel? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So here's the way things look. Right now, Houston has moved on, and we probably, while we're talking about that, should discuss what Joe Flacco and the Cleveland Browns endured 
over over wild card weekend because it wasn't so super for them, Sarah. CJ Stroud came in and absolutely lit up Cleveland in Houston. Uh, th- this dude is a rookie sensation. He's got playmaking ability, and the Houston Texans are playing like a team that feels like they belong. Uh, for Joe, and before we get to Joe too, just so you know, this scenarios wise. Uh, yeah. Kansas City took care of business on what was registered as a top five coldest game in the history of the NFL on Saturday <laughs> night. Dolphins go home, you know, warm weather. <laughs> they just did not look prepared, and the Chiefs decided to be the Chiefs, even though they weren't at their best. They they did enough in in really difficult temperatures. So the Ravens know, and we'll know obviously later today. Um, it's either going to be Houston or Pittsburgh. If the Steelers beat the Bills later today, the Ravens are going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers for a third time this year. So that's the way things look right now. Uh, what did you make of Joe Flacco's performance on on Saturday night? Oh, man, that was brutal. It started out, Bobby, it was just like haymaker after haymaker was being thrown by each of the teams. It was just like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, kind of like, cooled off a little bit right before the half but then was it the third quarter that Flacco threw both of those pick sixes and back-to-back drives it was like there's no there's no overcoming it at that point there's no overcoming it so Flacco ended up going 34 of 46 307 yards had the touchdown but then the two interceptions which were pick sixes 80.6 quarterback rating four sacks and I went and I listened to him about what happened to those on those interceptions. The first one, it looked like he got greedy, but he is actually saying he was trying to throw it away. He didn't get enough mustard on it, but he's like, I got to learn sometimes. The sack is not the worst thing. And then on the second one, he just thought he could, he said it was a calculated risk, thought he could get it to his receiver. Didn't work out. So uh, that's, that's, that's how this insane run ends this year for Joe yeah. Flacco. Like it was, I'm sure... A wild ride. I live in Ohio. Everybody was eating it up, throwing it in my face every second that they got. Uh, So, and just like that, that's what the playoffs do. You could be as high as can be one moment, and then you're at the bottom the next moment. So, um, I think you got the slide here. Head coach Kevin Stefanski, obviously, sitting the obvious here. Deshaun Watson remains the team starting quarterback. Joe Flacco only signed for um this year uh he said in the past that he doesn't want to retire after this year which is not shocking to me (laughs) um and kevin stefanski said they've had conversations nothing is done yet but you know leaving it open that maybe he could come back as their as their backup he was asked after the game uh do you want to come back to cleveland even as a backup and he said quote listen i love it here and we're dealing with so much right now just going through the emotions of this game and being so excited to be in this position and now to come up empty, that's where my head is, trying to soak it all in and let this digest a little bit. Uh, I'm all for Joe Flacco to keep playing, Bobby. I just need it to go outside of the AFC North next, next time. <laughs> right? Yeah. Hey, he showed over, these, over the last month or so, I mean, coming off the couch. First of all, he turns 39 this week. Turns yeah. 39 on Tuesday. And I think he's shown that, yeah, he wasn't at his best, obviously, at Wild Card Weekend. But at the very least, he proved that he should have been a backup this year all year long and he didn't get any calls 
you know, did not get any calls. And 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 if you're the Jets, if you're the New York Jets, you're thinking, what if, what if going into the offseason? Because if they had a capable quarterback, somebody who was just a game manager, somebody who was, uh, I know that we, we already had that conversation with Steve Young. I, I made it seem like there's negative connotations for a game manager just with that comment, which there's not. It, it, well, it, all quarterbacks are great. 90% of what all quarterbacks do is game management. Then yes. it's like, what do you do with the other 10% is what sets you apart. Right. If if they had a average quarterback, let's say that, in New York, and Aaron was rehabbing at the intense rate that he was with his torn Achilles. So what I'm getting at is if, if they had signed Joe and he had done what he did in Cleveland, which is different teams, different playmaking abilities, certainly different offensive lines, you yeah. just wonder what if. Anyway, you get the sense that uh, – that he proved a point over the last month or so, but obviously it wasn't enough. And guess what? It was going to take a special performance to take down Houston on Saturday night because that offense, boy. Now let me ask you this. That's the thing, though, is that offense, most of it was predicated on big plays. Yes. And that's what that's why I was saying like they were both throwing haymakers because it was like every every drive that went up, they were throwing. So to me, it's like, you you just don't let anything get over your head, Ravens. Like put put Marcus Williams back there, whatever safety. Like do not let anything go over go over your head. And I also felt like uh, they weren't getting any pressure on C.J. Stroud. And and when when there was a little, he'd get it out pretty quickly, and then nobody was there. And so um, I listened to Miles Garrett, and he you know was like, yeah, you know, being asked basically why couldn't you generate pressure and all that. So. Um, I feel like the Ravens can at the, I mean, Mike McDonald, the way he disguises things, I think he can get it's even though he's one of the most impressive rookies. I mean, he's up there, right? I mean, in, in terms of rookie performances, I mean, he's up there with some of the, the best. Oh yeah. And, um, and so at the same time, there should still be an opportunity by Mike McDonald and this defense to try to confuse him. So, uh, I, 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 I guess I guess I just saw you, Bobby. You put out a tweet like, "Who would you rather have, Houston, which is who they'll get if the Steelers lose, or the Steelers, which is who the Ravens will get if the Steelers win?" Would you rather have Houston or the Steelers in the divisional round? I'd say Pittsburgh. I'd say Pittsburgh because I know it's the division. I know that comes with complicated, sometimes unpredictable situations that come with with especially this year in the AFC North. But I think it's really difficult. Really difficult to beat a team three times in one season, in one, you know, in one year, and that's what the Steelers would have to do. Um, obviously, they didn't. The regular season finale was was a bunch of respectfully second second and third stringers that the Ravens had out there, um, and I just think that the Ravens match up well with them, you know, and, and so I would pick them. Now, the reason why I lean away from Houston is just because they're playing with. They're playing with house money right now. They're yeah. playing with absolutely nothing to lose. Like, they are fearless. And CJ became the youngest quarterback in the history of the NFL to record a playoff win. So, like, the guy, is, the guy can play. Now, look, I, I think they match up with either one of these teams and take care of business. Who would I rather have? It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I've said this before. I don't care. I, like, literally, I do think if the Ravens bring their air game, I think they can be beat anybody. From the ego part of me, I would like it to be Steelers just because I didn't care for how they celebrated as if they just took down Lamar and Roquan and company. So, obviously, on the internet, though, Bobby, I was cracking up. This is funny. Uh, <laughs> cracking up because everybody was – the internet joke is that Joe Flacco is still truly a Raven at heart. And he was really playing double agent 
you know, getting their hopes up, getting their hopes up. And then right when the playoffs hit, he did what he needed to do for the Ravens and melted down on purpose. And so Alex Gardner, who's, who's fun to follow on, on Twitter, he, he had AI put together, you know, a graphic and he's got Joe Flacco, which is tatted up in this one, right? Who knows what AI is going to come up with? He's tatted up on his arms. Look at those, look at those forearms just full of muscle, like those biceps. And then underneath, so he has, he has Joe Flacco in his Browns uniform, but ripping it open like a Superman. And then underneath is his Ravens uniform. Of course, they still gave it number 15. AI has to figure out that it was number five with, with the Ravens. But I loved it. It was like the running joke all weekend that Joe Flacco was the double agent, and he really did that all on purpose. Oh, goodness, Alex. I saw a lot of that. Yeah, Alex is – I know he's a, a listener of ours as well. That, that's hysterical. Everybody was having a good time with, with uh, what, like – Joe owning Cleveland one more time is that is that kind yeah, of what it was yes, like, exactly because he was just his dominant his dominance against the Browns when he was a Raven was I don't even know what that record was it had it had to be a pretty dang good percentage but anyway Cleveland is one and done so now two AFC North teams remain and you know who they are we'll see if they end up matching up on do, divisional do we want to see the dejected Joe Flacco after the game just for thirty seconds here yeah yeah all right let's take it let's this is uh, again uh, listen. I was rooting against Joe, obviously, because he was a Brown. At the same time, like, didn't want anything, nothing personal here. I'm not getting getting joy out of his <laughs> clear depression here. So uh, I'm just happy that this is over and I can go back to loving him again because I, I, I drew the line. We were enemies. Yes, so did. here he is <laughs> in a just depressed mood after the game. We talked about, I think it was, I was so fortunate to become a part of this team. It's a special group. And I know a lot of people can say that, but... Um, it, it really is. Uh, so to be given a chance to 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 do this with those guys, um, you know, I'm super grateful for it. Listen, this is why we love football. This is why we love NFL playoffs. It's 14 really good football teams, and it's one game. And you know, unfortunately for us, but just fortunately in just the general sense of everything. There's always a winner and a loser. And today, like I said, unfortunately for us, we were the loser, but that's what we love about this game. There's going to be a winner, there's going to be a loser. And, you know, you have to learn how to deal with it when you're not the guy. And, um, you know, like I said, everybody's, you know, it was a close group, so you can imagine how they're taking it, but, you know, they're gonna hold their heads high because I know who they are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm happy right. for him, man. I'm, I'm really happy for him. I just, how cool was that story? I'm telling you, you know, I want, you know what I wanted. I, I wanted, I wanted so the storyline. You did want the storyline. It was so funny. I can't tell you how many times people tagged me. And after the game, it was like, hey, have you checked on Bobby? Make sure he's okay. Make sure he's okay because yeah. Joe just lost. Oh, yeah. I was getting all out dragged. Here I am yeah. mid-move, right? I'm listening to the game because my Comcast isn't set up. And and oh, next thing geez. you know, I'm checking like hours after the game. And I'm like, oh, man, mentions are just like flooded. I'm, I didn't expect. I've been pretty quiet these last few days on Twitter. I was like, oh, okay. Now I know why. So. Anyway, let's continue on with the coaching carousel. But before we do, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC. And they want to know, do you need a ride to BWI? What about Dulles or Reagan? You getting married? Maybe you need guest shuttles for this upcoming summer. or Perhaps you're doing a winter wedding. Please call our friends over at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus Baltimore's most reliable and affordable ground transportation provider. They're safer than rideshare mobile apps. Drivers are professional. Background screen and vehicles remain meticulously detailed. You've probably seen them around the Beltway. You just don't know it. Maybe at a Ravens or Orioles game. You can book your next ride with Thoroughbred. You can check out their user-friendly booking website today by visiting www.ridethoroughbred.com. All that information can be found in the show notes below, and they will be transporting me to Dulles next month for the Super Bowl. Whether or not the, Raven, whether or not the Ravens God, will be there. I get my credentials, Bobby. I know whether or not the rate. Well, let's figure out the team is there. But yes, we do need to get you your credentials. And hopefully once all that gets set in stone, we can start talking about some plans that are in place. But what I do know is that regardless of whether the Ravens are in there, Jake Asman and I, my buddy from the New York Jets content space, he and I are going just like we did in August. We made some, we formed some relationships. We're going to be staying at Circa, which is about 10 minutes off the strip. And we have a lot planned. I'm hoping that you're going to be involved in this. We got to get the team there first. So all that still to come. Coaching carousel. Are you kidding me? This guy should have a wanted <laughs> sticker on his forehead because he's up to six interview requests, one of which he's actually interviewed with, and that is the Tennessee – now, more than one of which, but on the screen you see here, yeah. he interviewed for the head coaching vacancy down in Tennessee with the Titans who recently dismissed Mike Vrabel, which came as a surprise, at least it did to me. And so, Sarah, Mike is – like you said in the intro, highly, highly sought after right now. He's had six interview requests. Um, the only exceptions to Jeff Zarebic's point on Twitter um, would be the Patriots, yep. who did not interview any candidates after bringing in their guy to replace. Is it Gerard or Jared, by the way? It's got to be Gerard, right? Gerard Mayo? Do you know who you're asking? <laughs> I should know that because he's a former player and he's been around a long time. But anyway, yeah. I think it's Gerard Mayo. He's the he is succeeding. Good luck, the goat up in New England. And so yeah. the, those are, that's the only exception along with They're, Vegas. They promoted with, from within, right? And yeah. so the, right now the only exceptions are are New England and Vegas, who have yet to interview any candidates when the time that during the time that Jeff tweeted that over the weekend. 
Yeah, no, it's so basically anybody that's looking outside for a head coach, they've contacted Mike. Mike. Yep. Like, I, I mean, he's, it's funny because I know some fans were trying to like cope, right? And, and make themselves believe that Mike's going to stick around. I'm far past that point. And one of the coping mechanisms was that like, well, like when the first names came out, it was like, you know, the commanders or some other organizations that just have been Panthers, uh, commanders. Yeah, yeah. Just like ones that it's like, Hey, those aren't like the best organizations. Does he really want to go there? And then all of a sudden though, it's like the Seahawks or the chargers. And it's like, no, those are solid organizations. Yeah. He, I could see him. I, I yeah. mean, I don't know that he's going to get offers from all of them, but I think he's going to have his pick bet between a number of them. Oh, and, and guess what? And, and you don't want to jump ahead because of all the years, well, it's it's a little bit early. I'm, I'm talking about Washington and the overhaul that they're going through right now. Uh -huh. They just brought in the assistant GM out in San Francisco, who's had a hand in building that roster over the last few years. Yeah, and they have Josh Harris, who is a successful. When you look at his track record and ownership. You know, sure, Magic Johnson is is on that ownership team as well, and, and there's he's not there. He's not the only one. But Josh Harris has a proven track record in terms of team building from an ownership standpoint in professional sports. I think that Washington could be an attractive job right now. Like they don't have their guy in house who's going to be their future, their franchise quarterback. Right. But they have draft picks. They have cap space. And I, I'm, I'm telling it, you, it, I, I it starts with ownership. It starts with ownership. And if they have the right owners now, then they might be a problem going forward. It's it right. all starts there. And I don't know if geographical convenience is is an op, you know, a, a preference for him and his family right now. Obviously, that wouldn't take very much to to move down to D.C. or I guess it would be Ashburn technically. But I'm just saying, Washington is is looking like something that's going to be a lot more attractive than it was in yep. years past. Joe Hortiz, who's a director of player personnel and a lifetime Raven, he's interviewed with the Chargers for their general manager opening. Jeff also noted that VP of Football Administration, Nick Mateo, who's been around for quite a while, he was part of the Panthers interview process for their opening at general manager. Um, and then, of course, you saw right here on the left-hand side of the screen as well that the Falcons were one of the six interview requests. And I believe he's actually interviewed with, is it two or three so far? Mike. At oh, least two. I, I don't know. I don't know how many I, pro, that we know of. That we know here. I think we have a slide for it. I think it's no, just a request. I guess though. he didn't have it in there. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's just request. I don't know that we know if it's around two or three, but it could yeah. be. It could be. It could be all of them because they yeah. all know it has to get cut off. I think it was just during this bye week that that he was allowed to do it. Right. So. Remember, no in person until after the divisional round. So right. these were all virtual Zoom type interviews conducted by these teams and and so at least two potentially three who knows what mike's been up to but just so you know the way things are looking right now as we tape this on sunday evening the 14th todd munkin has had requests from um, la and carolina meaning the chargers and panthers mike has had carolina atlanta tennessee washington la chargers and then weaver I guess one, two, three, four, five. What's what's Mike's sixth? Well, anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and then Anthony Weaver has had interview requests with Atlanta and Washington. 
I believe Atlanta was also was already conducted by the time that you're watching this. Denard Wilson, who's the DB's coach, was requested to, to interview with the New York Giants for their opening at defensive coordinator. Wink Martindale has has since left. And then the passing game coordinator, Chris Hewitt, who, who we gave some major love to you, you especially last week, um, has interviewed or at least gotten a request. I think this interview has already been conducted uh, with the Jaguars for their defensive coordinator. Oh, and I'll just say this right here, Joe Ortiz interviewing for that general manager. Not that I want him to go. I think it would be a hit. I, I, like this would be a smart move. Yeah. I thought I thought you know how Joe Douglas went up to um, the New York Jets and he's been the GM yeah. there for now a couple of years. I thought Joe Ortiz would be plucked before him. By Ortiz now, right? Is such yeah. a good guy. He's such a nice guy, uh, and he's smart. And like you said, he's been he's been with the Ravens since the beginning. Lifetime. And so if somebody is trying to if somebody's trying to like replicate the Ravens' way and replicate that success. Joe's going to know how to do it. Joe's going to know how to do it. That's He's a good guy, and he's a smart guy. And I probably shouldn't put that pitch out there because I'd prefer him to stay. I mean, he's basically <laughs> Eric DaCosta's right-hand man right now. I feel like, in some ways, he's to Eric what Eric was to Ozzy, although Eric still has Ozzy, so I don't know if that's quite the right analogy. But, but yeah, they like I just felt like I always saw them together. Like, they, they – uh, whatever. He's a good guy. He'd be a good hire, in my opinion. Let me just throw this out there for fans because I think sometimes I get criticism for not for for what some feel like are rooting against the the team, whether it's predictions, whether it's being happy for these guys, right? I really look at it and and, for, and I've told I've said this before. I'm not a fan, you know. I, I certainly want the team to do well and and hope that Lamar gets that Super Bowl title and whatnot. But I, I really don't lose sleep. I didn't grow up a Ravens fan. I didn't grow up in town, and I didn't really spend any, any time specifically working in, inside one winning drive. It was always just, you know, coming to coming and going. What I, what I just like to, I always like to separate the fandom in me that is rooting for the team because of what we do and, and, and whatnot. The team succeeds. We definitely succeed. Absolutely. There's all my God, you guys want to, we could do a whole podcast episode about the the correlation that is success with viewership and engagement and all that stuff and winning. It's unbelievable. It's undeniable. But I like to always separate my fandom with that versus the real life stuff from a, um, a human nature standpoint. I got to know Joe really well every single draft year when I was with Ravens Radio. We would do uh, player profiles together when I was trying to forecast what the Ravens might do with whatever yeah. their picks were. And in those conversations that we would have, which ended up being recordings for the show, I realized how much this dude travels, yeah. how much of a scout background he has, and literally – how he knows every single player coming out of the draft of, of college every single year. He's an encyclopedia for yes. sure. Yeah. And so where I'm going with this, I don't mean to be long-winded, is he has spent over 25 years with the same organization. And we all are, at least those of us who are wired the way you and I are, we always want to we, we don't want to reach our ceilings ever. Right? Like yeah. we always want to pursue what we feel like is the pinnacle of our profession. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying Joe is not happy in Baltimore. I don't think he would have spent 26 plus years here if, if he wasn't. Yeah. But the pinnacle is general manager. Is it not? Yeah. And he's not going to get it in Baltimore. Exactly. He's and not, so, he's, he's too, he's like the same age as, as EDC and all that. So are you basically saying you're like rooting for Joe, even though, and you don't want to 
get crap for it because it would hurt the Ravens, but you're like rooting for Joe Ortiz? All I'm trying to say is really from a human being standpoint, I would love for him and his family to get this opportunity, this breakthrough opportunity to become a general manager. It would certainly shift the way Eric does his business, right? And the the way the Ravens scouting department looks and their player personnel, and that would have to change. Um, and, And they would have to make some adjustments. But hopefully the way John has built this staff and their organization is built, that you've seen it. Whether it's it's hiring internally, promoting within, or yeah. having the right approach, that it would be plug and play. But there's no there's that, hard, that's, to, hard to guarantee. That's my thing. That's my thing. Like to me, um, one thing that I've noticed in successful people or successful organizations. Don't get me wrong. When Mike McDonald, and it's not if, it's when Mike McDonald gets a head coaching job this offseason. Yes. <laughs> okay, when it happens. Yeah, straight. Can we all just agree? We got to start prepping people, I think, more yeah. for this. They're in I denial, mean, Sarah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of denial. And I'm going to get to a tweet here in just a second. Actually, did I put it in here? Is the one from Jeff in here? It's in here somewhere. Um, dang. There it is. Okay. Um. I'll just say this. This is, and I've and I've probably learned this from my husband more than anybody. More than anybody, successful people don't live in the past, ever. And so it doesn't matter how successful you were. If somebody is great, and I do not want to downplay the loss that it'll be when Mike McDonald leaves. I'm not downplaying that. But a successful person moves forward. You move forward, and you find another way. I, I, I'm telling you, people who just are stuck in the past think that they only can get one good thing in life and want to hold on to it and freak out over it. And like, then that person, when it is lost, because you can't hold on to it forever, when it is lost, you can't see a new path forward. Yeah. Like, and I just love that. And whenever like a door is shut or when something is denied, and that's happened to me before too, it was my husband was be like, sorry, you know, and he's compassionate, but he's like, but you can do this without them. Yes. And I'm like, oh yeah. And it might take a minute. And like, I got to do more work because it was kind of already laid out there. It was there, but yeah, you're right. I can do this. And so it's like, that's why when like, I hear about Mike getting plucked or like a player's going to leave or this and that, like do your best. If there's an opportunity to keep them, keep them, pay them like Matabike. If you can keep them, keep them. If you can't, you're good enough to move forward. And you and I love this when Steve Bashotti let go of Brian Billick. I remember I was there. I remember at the press conference. He said, I just fired a guy that won a Super Bowl. Okay. And I just fired a guy that has got who has put together time and time again one of the best defenses in the world. But he couldn't let that scare him. He couldn't let that fear stop him from firing Brian Billick. And he said at the press conference, he said, my job is to find the next Hall of Fame head coach because he's out there. I just got to go find him. Well, now cut here. If John gets another Super Bowl, he's Hall of Fame coach. Do you know what I mean? He's probably already and borderline. Yeah. He's already borderline. But if he, if he, if he, get, if he wins it, it's, not, it's like clay, case closed. There's oh, no debate, sure. right? Yeah. That's what successful people do. They don't hold on to the past. They don't hold on to what they think is their only opportunity. The world is full of opportunities. And that is by far my favorite thing about working with you. I've said this before. We both have that mindset. Oh, we got this? No? Great. Love it. Say no again. We're going to go. There's never one closed door doesn't mean the end for us ever. And to me, that's a key part of being successful. 
keep moving forward, find other ways. If anything, when we get a no, it opens up another one like the next day because we're so, so ticked true. off. We're, yeah. we're so ticked off, you know, ticked off for greatness or whatever that is that yeah. we're just going to become even more persistent. We're going to become even more disciplined. We're going to become yep. even more, you know, in pursuit of what we're building. More uh, relentless. This might be the best tangent we've ever been on, by the way. And I'll, <laughs> I'll just finish it with this. It also takes successful successful people have contingency plans in place. And and I I'm I'm old enough to remember th- three days ago when we have Jeff Sarebek on and he essentially brought us into the conversation that the Ravens feel like they have potentially four to six <laughs> successors to their defensive coordinator on their staff. One of right. which is interviewing for one of which has multiple head coaching requests and one of which is is uh, Denard Wilson who is interviewing for another defensive coordinator yeah. opening in Jacksonville. So you know, which tells you that John Harbaugh <laughs> and everybody already they already knew the star that yes. Mike McDonald was, which is yes. why they plucked him back from Michigan, and they also knew that they couldn't hide him. So there's always again successful people always have other things churning, always in the in the pipeline for the next thing to step up. You always got to have it coming coming in. And we've come full circle. We've come that, full that's, circle. That's that's it. It's period. Yeah. That's the, yep. that's the conversation. It's a perfect end to to an unplanned uh, tangent, but I think it was good. That was that good. Was you have a couple quick couple, hits here. Wait, quick hits, but wait, you lost my Jeff's rebound going. Hold on, I keep oh, trying to go back to sorry. it. Here we go. I thought you pulled what? that up. <laughs> sorry. One last thing. Uh, at Harmon Express, ask Jeff. The same thing that all of us have been asked, but Jeff kind of got to it from more of a newsy sort of uh, kind of way. So this guy asked Jeff, "Have you thought of this angle? Say we w- this this guy's holding on to Mike McDonald is what <laughs> what he's doing, which I get. Like I said, he's he's massive, and I'm not going to downplay it. But he said, "Say we want it all, and the contingency contingency plan all along was for John to retire and Mike McDonald to take over." So Jeff responds, he says, "Thought about it? No." If it happens, it happens. But the next indication that John Harbaugh has any interest in retiring would be the absolute first. And if John Harbaugh <laughs> does win a second Super Bowl, the idea of Bashadi nudging him into retirement seems highly far-fetched. <laughs> so we've talked before on this show about maybe a five-year plan where like, like where Eric DaCosta Bishotti was paying him for five years to get ready for a, a retirement for it's not even a retirement because Ozzy's still in there, but you know what I mean? Stepping down from GM. Sure. So I thought maybe that could happen. Cause to me, John Harbaugh is too far from, from retirement. And so if you're people have just blown that idea by and be like, okay, let's get John out now. And I echo what Jeff said. I just don't see, I just don't see that happening at all. Bill Belichick 71. Yeah. John and is he's, he's going to be coaching again. John is 61. So, yeah, I don't sense that that, that time is near. What do you got here? Will, wear right, purple pants. I this was, uh, yeah, I thought this was funny. Will from uh, or at Purple Pants in the, um, their podcast. So he put how it's starting versus how it's going. And on the left, he has, well, he had the video. I'm just showing the, uh, the screen grab. He yeah. had the video of first take. I think it was like in week three or something like that. And we all remember it. Our Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar. Both Stephen A. and Shannon said no. So that's how it started. And then cut to how it's going. Lamar Jackson named first team all pro Ah. after just a sensational season that really just kept going up and up and up and up and had a fantastic December. Imagine. Imagine going forward with that debate (laughs) after eight drops in Pittsburgh. Yes. Eight 
drops, and you're going to lead with our Ravens getting their money's worth from Lamar. I was at the gym. I'll never forget it. I'm in my zone, right, doing our thing. We're just starting off our year. We're having a great start, blah, blah, blah. I look over at the screen. I remember that. Drop the dumbbells, immediately went home, and we just churned out that day. That was the most <laughs> absurd, absurd first take thing, and it probably won't be the last based on where ESPN's at these days. Yeah. How about this? The Ravens do not have a 1,000-yard rusher or a 1,000-yard receiver, yet they finished with the best record in the NFL and did a whole lot of damage throughout the regular season. So that, to me, says balance. That, to me, screams complete team. There was no single person that you had to be like, oh, we need you. Or, oh, like, it just, Mark Andrews goes down, you keep going. Uh, J.K. Dobbins goes down, you keep going. Uh, Marlon Humphrey goes down, you keep going. Keaton Mitchell, like, it didn't matter. It just, to me, screams depth and complete team. The only person that if they had gone down that would have destroyed it was Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, that to me screams complete team and massive depth. Mm. Shout out to one of our newest patrons who just hopped on board to help us out and support us on the back end through Patreon this month, and we appreciate him. So, uh, Paul, shout out to you. If you guys are interested in doing the same, again, all of your support, all that uh, uh, donation goes directly towards the betterment of our channel, top down. You can visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast to learn more about how you can get involved. You can visit the show notes below where we have that link handy for you. And a special thanks to Ride Thoroughbred for sponsoring this episode. So uh, Divisional Round Weekend is here. We're going to have plenty coming up. We will have an episode, obviously, on Tuesday morning. And what's relevant about that is that we'll know who's coming to Baltimore next weekend. And we'll probably know, too, what day the game's going to be, Saturday or Sunday, January 20th or January 21st. So all that's still to come. Going to be a good one. Really looking forward to it. And you have one thing we got to Well, say I just wanted we to say the Ravens were also finished the season as the sixth best offense, the sixth ranked offense. So not only do they, like some people would say, oh, then that's because the defense, if they didn't have a one 100-yard rusher and a 100 No, they still had the sixth-ranked defense in terms of yards per game. Let me look up points per game real quick. And they're one, two, three, four. So there you have it. it's it's a very, very balanced offense also. There you have so, it. So. You know, you're good. Yeah. Uh, oh, as always, if you enjoyed this video, please like it. And if you haven't already done so, please Subscribe to The Vault across all of our platforms, including right here on YouTube. And check out the audio-only space if you're on the run. We're always dropping daily episodes there as well. So for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this Monday morning vault. We'll talk to you next on Tuesday morning.